This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello and welcome to Front Office Features. I am Rob Crane. Uh, as with, as always, geez, oh man, uh, Chris Valente. Chris, <laughs> boy, I'm a mess right now because I had so many computer issues for this. Yeah, I know. We need to get you to settle down so we can get through this podcast so you don't destroy your computer. Right. So, uh, but before we get to our show, you know, now that we're a Blue Wire podcast, uh, we've got colleagues at Blue Wire, and our new colleague is Greg Olson uh, from the TE1 uh, podcast. And Greg's got something for us. This is Greg Olson here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. Welcome back. Um, Chris, uh, I will say this. I think two podcasts ago, uh, you went off on uh, brands and just, I will say this, more so than brands, business etiquette. Um I kind of want to revisit that because you went crazy, and I like when you go crazy. I did go crazy, and I think tonight you may go crazy. So maybe I'll, uh, maybe you should take this. Me nuts, but uh, before we get to this, so it's my own damn fault in reality, right? Is I've had uh, a Mac. I bought it when I moved to Scranton, and I moved to Scranton in July of twelve, and it is. August of 20. So I guess eight years on a computer is a pretty good run, right? That's a, that, I mean, that's, you get, you got your money's worth. So if we're going to plug anything right now, I guess we can plug max that you get eight years of quality service, but no, yeah, I think it might be time. I think the, we're, we're there. The, your face showed it all on the, the Skype that, which we, which we can't be on right now. So there won't be any video, but I could tell you're, we're about to smash that computer into it. <laughs> my, my blood was boiling. It was just like, what the f? Right? Like, what? Are you kidding me? I, that stuff drives me uh, drives me crazy. But you know, um, I don't know. It just we figured I, it out. Worked, we have a workaround. We have a workaround. We're doing a different. The sound quality might be a little different for everyone out there, but whatever. Uh, we we figured it out. We we powered through. We're resourceful. That's what we do here at Front Office Features. Yeah, nothing was worse than uh, when we did the, when I did the interview with uh, God. I'm losing her name. Um, 
Kara Walker. Kara Walker, yeah, from the Celtics, and that was a disaster. But uh, you know, uh, live and learn. Um, but anyway, uh, just because we're we're uh, I haven't talked to you in a while, so I know we just I, I teed you up, but like, um, so you were the brands, right? You were going ape two weeks ago. We never really touched it because we had a big announcement, right? Because we're on Blue Wire now. We're a Blue Wire podcast, part of a great family. Um, so you want to talk a little bit about the uh, the etiquette that we were discussing? Because yes. it happened today. Business, business etiquette uh, 101. Starting your career, a lot of people will end up in roles at agencies or potentially on the brand side, working with said salespeople on either the team, league, et cetera. And this goes for everybody. It's not just the brand people. Have common decency. If you're engaged with somebody at any point, whether it be an intro call, especially if you get to a proposal phase, respond. Do not leave people hanging. It is the most rude, uh, just snobbish way to do business. And it drives me crazy. And when I went to the brand side, I made it a point not to, to, to respond to almost everybody. That's why my LinkedIn almost became unusable because I was responding. People were like, why are you responding? I'm like, because it's the right thing to do. We both have a job to do. If you go through a process and go through a proposal and you ask for a proposal and you ask someone to put, take the time to put one together for you, if that person follows up with you to ask the status of it and you just ignore them, you're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> way, to, way to bring it way to bring it strong but I also but think you are like there's i'm sorry like it doesn't take much like, everyone lives on their phone everyone's like it's very easy just to be like listen still evaluating thanks for checking in we'll get back to you with anything like right like simple just acknowledgement that i exist in that side of thing like it might not have i might not have an answer that might be the truth but at least tell that person that case in point we're not going to divulge who or what been going through a process with an organization for i'd say you'd agree on this years now years yes multiple years not the built, same yeah not our deal but yeah other deals built a great relationship along the way meetings in person entertainment vegas the whole nine yards right like developed a really good rapport requested proposal for from us which we then put together significant price point big deal Again, requested by the brand. We didn't force the person to take this proposal. For the past, I don't know, month and a half, silence on fo- like, hey, just checking in. What's going on? Anything you can provide? We're getting pressure from above. Nada. Today, email. Sorry, can't do it. Maybe next time. Like, are you are you kidding me? So, like- what would you if you were to say okay? They're going to tell you no, right? They, they, they're going to tell you no from a sales side of that. What do you want them to do? Well, there wasn't even like, hey, we're still going through this or we have any follow-up or is there anything we can do to negotiate? Like to go through that whole process and just, and just be straight like, no is ridiculous. Right. Without giving like – and every step of the way, and I'm not even being facetious, was positive. Like this is awesome. We're geeked up. It's in the plan. We're going to, we, we, we can't wait to move forward with this. Like everything was like, boom, 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 great, great, great. And then it went silence. And then look, we've been doing this long enough to know we're big people. We're like, we're, we're big boys and girls. Like we can take rejection, but it can't be this whole, we're just going to go silent. 
Like that, that, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Like you, you, you've put people's time and energy on the line for this type of stuff. And this isn't just this example. This is, I have a thousand of these stories. I'm sure you do too. Where like someone will call you and be like, I need X, Y, Z by tomorrow. It's immediate. We, we need this deadline. We're presenting. And then crickets. And you never, might never hear from them ever again. And you try and you follow up, you follow up and they're just gone. Like you're a jackass. Like that's, <laughs> it. You're, that's it. You're a jackass. And on and the salespeople, I mean, are probably less like this, and I've seen it less on the sales side, but just respond. Like, their time is as valuable as ours. Ours is as valuable as theirs. If you get into the, when you get into the business, I don't care what business you're in, I don't care what business you start in, just have common decency and be a good person. Etiquette 101. Just be a good person and re- respect the fact that the person on the other line, the email, has a job to do. And the the thing that you know what drives me crazy because again I've been a VP of marketing I've been on the director of brand I've been on sales when the people on I think you and I were exchanging this text message recently when marketers get on their high horse on LinkedIn and say oh yeah. this salesperson reached out to me can you I'm like shut the hell up who the hell are you well the, like the person we said saw said this person reached out to me after we won. And that was like disrespectful, wasn't that what that what the person you know, said? Like, oh, or they I had a game that night. Checked the schedule. Like first of all, yeah, off. You're, the, you're not playing. So like, let's pump the brakes. Everybody's busy in life. Everybody has responsibilities. They have kids. They have whatever. Right. To pretend like you're the most important person in the world because you have marketing in your title. And look, I've done. I've been there. Like I understand. There's a lot that goes on on that side. But to be this higher brow, like, how dare you bother me, is so annoying. I have zero patience for that. So all of you young folks out there, if you're going for that marketing job and you're on the brand side, you end up on the agency side, please, please do not become that person. Because as Rob likes to say, don't be that girl. Don't be that guy. Don't be that person that has a reputation that's just like when your name comes up and the person that goes, ugh, they're the worst. It's because you're just a jackass, like plain and simple. I'm fired up. Now I'm going to break my computer. I'm now going to break my computer. Well, you can have mine. Just throw it against the wall because it doesn't do anything right now. Uh, Eight years well, is a good run. Eight years is a good run. That is a good run. It like is a good I've run. I've got to give it – I don't want it to die, right? But I feel like I've got to give my computer a funeral. Well, I've been telling you, you you got to take some of this blue wire money. And go get uh, I like the. I don't know if that exists yet. Um, it doesn't exist, but the, but let's pretend it does. We have a little business write off. You know, it's a write off. They write it off. I don't think that's true. Um, <laughs> I don't think it is either. But you know what? Someone's writing it off. Um, I I want to play the Undertaker's music from like two thousand. Where it was like. Bong. There you Bong. go. Your computer just opens up and turns right back on. It just fires on. It's all cylinders. And now it's faster than ever. And it just like automatically the lid opens up. And like if it had eyes, the eyes would get real big and go back in the head and everyone would be scared. And this thing would be like running like a million miles an hour. Going back to my rant though, do, do you do you not feel bad when you don't respond in a Tommy manner? Does it doesn't it like eat away inside at you? Um to certain people, people you've engaged with, right? Like not. Here's the deal: when I understand what you're saying, I am notoriously sometimes slow in my responses. Uh, not that I don't want to respond. It's just like, holy cow, there's an avalanche of shit here, and I 
so sometimes I feel like I, I, they, they, there's got to be a reason why they, they did not respond. It's not like a stall tactic or something like that. I, I just want, maybe I'm just giving them the benefit of the doubt because I know that like, you know, people sometimes have to ping me again and be like, Hey, what did you think about that? It's like, fuck, right. I gotta go. I gotta, I gotta do that. And uh, it's more sometimes of an overwhelming thing for me. Oh, I'm not calling this. Like if I send one email and they don't respond, that's on me for not following up. I'm talking when people follow up and follow up and follow up and follow up after you. Now, this is not like, I'm not, I'm not requiring you multiple ones. I get multiple. I'm not requiring everyone to respond to every email that you get from a solicitation. I understand like there's some ones you're that, especially if they're terrible emails, but I'm talking about when you're engaged, you have a relationship and you've requested a proposal. And this isn't just like, this is just not this example because this is just happened to happen today after years. You, you just have to have some sense of just, again, decency to acknowledge because that person has to report back to said boss and say, hey, uh, this is what they got back to me with. If all that person goes back to their boss and says they won't respond, they look terrible. Yeah, They just do. They just look terrible. And like, you're like, wait, you made everyone get off their ass to pull get a proposal for you with all this different things and position it as like this was going positive and now you can't even talk to that person? Like, you look bad. And and I guess, too, one of the things that this goes more for than just sales guys is like, if you're the operations guy and you ask for, say you're an operations guy of a, of a baseball team or a football team or whatever, uh, stadium operations, and you go to... I don't know, the power washing company, and you want three different proposals on power washers, you're going to choose one. Let the other two people know why they didn't get the business. Yes. Right? I, I, to me, that's that's the professional courtesy, and you're almost helping them. It's a hard conversation to have, but like you didn't get the business because of X, Y, and Z. One, your price was too high. Two, uh, your, um, I don't know, the product that you were providing wasn't as good. Um, cause I'm about to go through this. Um, so as we go through polar park and we're building it in Worcester, the AAA of the Boston Red Sox for our new listeners here, um, we're building a new ballpark and we were just having meetings about like, who's going to do our trash, right? Who's going to be the trash provider. And we send a, uh, we're going to send like a, a, request for a proposal out there. That's basically like, tell us, you know, what your prices are, what you can do. You know, there's a partnership spend back with us. And then I always tell them like, you know, there's three things that we do, what your costs are, what you're going to spend back with us and what the relationship is. Right. So we did this. This is the way that we did business in Scranton and Omaha. And, you know, Marty taught me this way back when those are the three things that we're kind of looking for when we're looking for a vendoring partner. And I will say this, when we don't choose somebody, I tell them and I'm part of the decision making process. I'll tell them like, your costs were way out of whack. You didn't come back with enough sponsorship dollars. You know, in all honesty, I don't feel like you guys could do the job. And, um, you know, I think that that's what I think that's the right way to do business because you might tell them that now, but three, five years from now, like you're gonna have to call them again in case the deal that you went through didn't go as well. You know what I'm saying? No, it's, it's etiquette, right? It's just what we just talked about. And like, it's, it's something you need to learn to have because you, it comes down to respect and time and time and awareness that some people have put a lot of time and effort into making whatever you've requested. And like, they put together their bid and if it's not right, 
And it's not okay. You could give them feedback before you even make your decision. Say, look, you need to fix this or else you're not even in the running, right? It's just, that's what it is. It's dialogue. Have dialogue because you never know where that dialogue will lead. It can't, if it's just like, hey, send it in, up, see you later, bye-bye. Like, it's just hard to do business that way. Like, there's always wiggle room. There's always negotiations. It's just, it's etiquette. Just respect who you're working with and other people's time. That's it. End of rant. I wish I, w- I wish uh, I respected your time today, but uh, or my computer respected your time today, but I didn't give a damn. It just said F off. Which is fine. And I'm, I'm see, but I can take, I, look, it told me to F off, which I can take. <laughs> At least it told me something, right? Like, that's the point. It's like, I'll take the F off. I have no problem. I'm a big boy. I've been rejected 90,000 times. Not an issue. It's how you handle the process along the way on both sides says a lot about you and your organization. It just does. Right. And um, I, I think too, um, what was it? Uh, there's a there's a tactic too that I think is not just for sales. I think is just for, you know, kind of life in general. You want to, um, you know what I'm talking, the uh, breakup email? Like when someone's yes. not responding to you? Uh, totally. Be like, oh yeah, that works like a charm half the time. So tell everybody what the breakup email is. So if you're on the sales side, you eventually can send an email to the client and say, look, or it's whether it be someone who's been just literally talking to you forever about purchasing a ticket on that seat, a sponsorship, whatever. You say, look, apparently it's not going to work. That's okay. We'll move on. And that usually elicits a response like, whoa, 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 just hold on. Hold a second. Wait a minute. Late. I, I want to talk. And then they come back and then now they're trying to sell you and why they should buy the stuff. It's a sales one-on-one tactic. So it actually, and it, but also the other thing it does is if it actually ends the relationship if it needs to be ended, right? Right. You get an answer. You just, that's what all people want. They just want an answer. I, I think in general, right? So whether you're in sales or whether you're looking for your first job, no is just as good as yes, right? Because yes. you can move on. And exactly. I think the breakup email, I, I think tactfully, right? You've got to make sure that it's the right time. You can't do it a week after you get an interview. I no, think no. also could be one when you don't hear from somebody who you reach out to about a job, right? You may have interviewed once or maybe twice and it's been weeks and be like, hey, you know, what's going on? I need to, you know, kind of move on and getting the answer is like, hey, you're not the right fit for us. Okay, fine. Like I can go do something else now. Completely. And that's that's a that's a skill that you need to learn and people are afraid to pull that trigger because they don't want to know what the answer is on the other line but to your point getting to a no is just as sometimes getting good as getting to a yes because you can then strategically start planning out your next steps for whatever it might be whether it be a job a sale etc you just some you just need an answer it comes back to etiquette and respect that's it that's it all right um speaking of respect um I also think I, I'd like to get to um, uh, uh, what the hell did I want to get to? I want to get to your interview. <laughs> Jeez, oh man, this computer has this computer thing has my me just mind effed right now that I can't talk, I can't think. I started this podcast off real weird and awkward because I can't get over it. But it's I will okay. get over it. We're uh, good. We're all good. I, we're, we're we're moving along. We got me fired up. Your computer's fired up. Oh, you know, we should before we. You want to talk about Armand? Is that what you're talking about? I want to talk about Armand. I thought Armand was your. Uh, you did the interview, and it was fantastic. I say your best interview thus far. You brought your A game when we get into uh, when we go over to Blue Wire. 
Well, I would say this. Uh, I can't take the credit because Armand made it really easily because he he was an amazing interview, right? He just literally gave us was off the charts good. But yeah, it was buckets and buckets of content where he made it very easy for me to just tee him up. And I just sat back and relaxed and took the hour off because Armand was just spitting fire. So like, I, I thank you for the compliment, but I'm going to pass that along and just say it only happened because we had a great guest like that. That's pretty much what happened. So Super Bowl champ. I, I so uh, there was a handful of things that Armin, uh, Armand um, talked about. One, he was just really good, man. He was good. And talking about, uh, I thought his take on being an intern, but being like taking it as an approach as a uh, consultant was interesting. What did you think of that? That was an amazing way to look at a, a different perspective of how to approach an internship, right? Because most interns that we've talked about go in to check the box, get in, get out. But to have the mindset that you're in there as a paid consultant and you're going to go in and offer up your knowledge and advice across multiple different ways of how to improve things, that is a significant way that you can add value during your internship and feel like you're getting something out of it as well. As long as you're working for an organization that's open to hearing them. But, and I think at the end of the day, that that mindset that he positioned people to have is fantastic. Like I, I've never heard that before. I, I was like, oh my, that's that blew my mind because I was like, oh, light bulb. That's a great way to be an intern is go in as a consultant. Right. And try not only you're trying to be a consultant, but you're also, I think, trying to be a sponge where you're trying to soak in as much information as possible and you're trying to uh, you know, to learn. But I think you know, being that consultant, having that consultant's mindset will, I think, frame it differently because it also goes into one of his things that he talked about is like, you know, the proverbial going above and beyond, because if you want to be a consultant, you got to have answers, right? And if you have to have answers, that's the value that you bring. And uh, we are always trying on this, but one we, you and I talk about all the time is what value do you bring? And I think that consultancy mindset gets you to think like, what problems do they have and how can I help fix them? A thousand percent. I mean, and we created I, a whole damn uh, uh, department at the Chiefs. The Chiefs, right? We're not talking about, you know, some Midwest League minor league baseball team. We're talking about the freaking Kansas City Chiefs. They won a Super Bowl. Well, that's my, I was my next point about his interview and his his career path is the fact that he was able to parlay his current position into the role he's made for himself and saw a white space within the organization and went for it and put together uh, a presentation of why it would add value. And the VP just kept reading it because they said he just like all this information was mind blowing to that person. That's the type of things you can do it early in your career where you start to evolve and change the way we do business. Like the sports industry is typically behind the eight ball when it comes to business. It's just where no one's going to ever accuse the front offices of sports teams of being a bunch of rocket scientists, right? Yeah. It's just not. He re- recommended a book, Think Like a Rocket Scientist. He did. and uh, But w- if you're an intelligent person and you can see the way that you're going to add value in a very different way and change the way that we do business, it's, but it's going to help generate revenue, which he's clearly done and put millions of dollars on the board without being actually a salesperson, you'll have a job for life, right? Like you, And then you, can, you just get to create and write your own ticket because you're creating things as you go. If the job doesn't exist, he made it. That's that's what we try and tell everybody. It was like, do something, right? <laughs> just do something. And he is the epitome of that because he went he went out, 
took an initiative and made something happen for himself and for his organization. But I think, uh, you know, he, you know, he was just so good. And he also had things about like, when you have a work in the sports industry, it's like, I forget the exact four things. Right. But like your geography, uh, you know, your social life, your kind of work life balance. And there was something else. Uh, and when you work a bank, though you, if say you want to work in sports, but you said, no, nah, I want to work a bank. Basically you're saying like, okay, uh, I, I value work life balance maybe a bit more than I value, you know, doing exactly what I love in, in, in sports business because, you know, because maybe it also revolves around geography and there's give and take in everything. Right. So it goes back to your point that you've made all the time. It's like, if you want to just work for the team in New York city or Boston or LA or, you know, Houston, you're really limiting yourself and there's no reason to do that. Right. You're putting those limits on you. Not, you know, you, you, I think he was preaching flexibility in geography uh, and, you know, making sure that you're ready to sacrifice. He left his own country. Yeah, right. He left the country. He's from Canada. Like he left his country and, and he moved. Like I said to him, I was like, it's not like you went to LA or Chicago or he went to Kansas city. Like no offense to Kansas city. But like when I talk to people who live here in the States, they're like, I'm only going to live in New York, LA or something. Like you're I'm like, well, there's a lot more of this country with a lot more sports teams out there who aren't just in those three major cities. So you have to open up your eyes and we can get to that about the current situation that now more than ever, right? That has to be immediately changing the way you're viewing opportunities. It, you you have to put the geography thing aside based on what we're facing as industry moving forward. But before we do that, because now we're on a network, I think we got to get to some generating some revenue for our, our friends at blue wire pods. Hey, have you ever heard of DealDash.com, Chris? Uh, yeah, we, we actually just did a large partnership with them that we haven't announced yet, but yes. <laughs> Hold on, wait, what? You just Did you just not announce announce a partnership uh, with our partners at DealDash.com? Like you did one with the Red Sox? No, I'm not, I can't. Never mind. Just keep going. <laughs> Jesus. Um. Well, as if you have or have not, or whatever the hell you just said, <laughs> it is the best and most honest bidding site where you can win things you never expect. You know, I need to go bid on a computer. Uh, I think you, yes, you do deal dash.com, right? You, you can. It's in the way that it's, it's the, it's the bidding process where you might get it for like a penny, right? Yeah. Right. So at a, at a price, I wouldn't believe, uh, they have over a thousand auctions every day. Electronics. Well, if I just keep reading this thing, I would realize that a computer is an electronic, and they probably have it. Uh, <laughs> appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. Um, here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every time, uh, but every item starts at zero dollars and only goes up by one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that the auction clock restarts after just ten seconds. That means every time you bid. Everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. So uh, if you go ahead and buy now, DealDash uh, is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign-up, which would be helpful for me. Can I get that since I'm doing this? Anyway, uh, 
on their discounts. So go to dealdash.com and use the offer code BLUEWIRE or deal.fm backslash BLUEWIRE. That's deal-d-e-a-l-d-a-s-h.fm backslash BLUEWIRE. And uh, I'm going to be searching for a MacBook uh, tonight. That's probably should be the first thing you do after this podcast ends. Because right, I might do it during the podcast. Screw it. Fine. Go ahead. Fine. Let me know if you win. I'll throw you some shackles so we can don't have to do this 45 minute song and dance again. So I'll, 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 I'll be fine. <laughs> right. Jeez, man. You know what else is coming? You know what else is coming? Tell me. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL. Are you ready? Are you ready for football? Steelers, baby. Ben Roethlisberger's back. I'm 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 pumped about my Giants this year. I'm not gonna lie. I, I don't think they're, they're gonna, gonna suck. Well, they're not gonna they're not gonna they're not gonna win the Super Bowl, but I, they're on the right they're in the right direction. We've got some good young pieces. We've got a great young coach. I think I, I'm I'm confident that we're for the first time in a while moving in the right direction. So if I want to actually I, watch I like, them, I like how you drop the we. Like you're on the team. You used well, to be on the team. I, I, used work, I, I used to work for the organization, so I can throw the we out there. You know, it's no, fine. You don't have the we. You drop the we once you leave. Well, I live I live in New England, so I, I can't watch my Giants, but there is a way that I can, right? With NFL Sunday TV. You can stream every live out of market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Plus Red Zone and Direct TV Fantasy Zone channels. Red Zone's the greatest thing to happen in American history. It really is. I mean, I love Red Zone so much. It, it changed. It changed the way people consume football, and it is Scott Hansen has the best job in America. I think that's pretty much. But guaranteed. there's a different guy for um, on uh, Directv because I had. That uh, is true. That uh, is true. He has a weird last name. Um, if you said it, I would remember. It. But uh, yeah, there's a different guy for Directv because I had Sunday Ticket. Uh, when I was living in Omaha trying to get the Steelers game. They probably don't have cable out there, right? That's why you had to get a satellite. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't live on like a farm in the middle of nowhere. Oh, Omaha is yeah. an underrated city. No, because we've talked about this. The Oracle of Omaha, baby. Warren I Buffett. I have a picture with him. Of course you do. I, I <laughs> Let me finish this. No, I got to finish this and then we get back to that. So. <laughs> Never, never miss. You have a picture with the second most richest guy in the world. Okay, uh, and never it's auto- and it's uh, it is autographed and it is customized to me. Okay, never, uh, n- never miss your favorite teams and favorite players, no matter where you live, Omaha or wherever. <laughs> NFL Ticket.tv is your key to the most of glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code Blue Wire at checkout to get fifteen percent off your subscription. Visit NFL Ticket.tv and use promo code. Blue wire. All right. Wait, wait. Yep. The so, Oracle of Omaha, you you have a picture with with Buffett and yeah. signed to you? Yes. So um yeah, Warren Buffett was awesome. I so when we were in Omaha, so Warren, Mr. Buffett, I should say, owned twenty-five percent of the club. And there's a big if you watch Fifty Summers, you'll uh the uh the movie that I was in. If you if you don't remember, I was in a movie. Uh I'll uh, tell you the whole story. But anyway, Warren Buffett owned 25% of the team uh, when I was there. And at Rosenblatt Stadium, Warren Buffett would come to games and he would tell nobody. And Berkshire Hathaway had tickets behind home plate. And Warren Buffett would come in the gates, get his ticket scanned, just like anybody else, have a hat down low. He would go get a Coke 
and a hot dog at the concession stand, just like everybody else. And he would watch the game and then he would leave. And when we're saying goodbye to everybody on the way out, he'd be like, there's Warren Buffett. Holy cow. Right. And he would just kind of go out into his car and say, see ya. Right. It's like, he had nothing. It was just like, does he have like a Toyota or a Honda or something like ridiculous too? Like he had a Cadillac, but it was like, you know, it was about as old as my MacBook. Uh, yeah, and, there's, no, there's no Bentley. There's no driver. He's just a no. regular. He goes to McDonald's for breakfast every morning, apparently, and gets a dollar menu. Right. This guy is worth $80 billion. Yeah. Oh. So anyway, um, right before I left to take the job in Scranton, uh, there was uh, uh, Warren uh, and the group who owned the club sold the team. It had nothing to do with why I left, but it was just the timing of it. And they had a press conference uh, there and uh, Warren Buffett was there at the press conference to sell the team and, you know, kind of pass the torch to a, a great guy uh, named Gary Green. So I was, we we're waiting for the press conference and I just said, uh, Mr. Buffett, uh, can I get a picture? And he said, yes, of course. And uh, so we took a picture on the, uh, one of the party decks at, uh, at Warner Park and uh, I had it on my phone. And I don't know, maybe a year ago, year and a half ago, I uh, was kind of like, I found an old folder on like a hard drive of mine. It was like old pictures. And I was going through and I was like, oh crap, there's the Warren Buffett picture. And it was just kind of sitting on my phone. And I was like, you know, he's not getting any younger. Uh, so I called Marty Cordero, you know, as we, uh, the, and uh, he was always very close with uh, Mr. Buffett's secretary. And I said, you know, Marty, shot in the dark here. I have this picture. Uh, if I get it printed and I send to you, would you be willing to get it to Mr. Buffett and have it autographed? Just like, you know, what the hell? Just ask, right? And uh, he goes, yeah, I'll try. And uh, so I sent it to him. And then uh, he sent it to uh, uh, Warren's office. And like, I don't know, three weeks later, Marty goes, I got it for you. It's autographed. I'll send it to you. That's amazing. And uh, amazing. it's in my office at my, uh, uh, at the ballpark. You've got more stories and meetings and encounters. But so when we, when we did the blue wire announcement, I did get a couple people reach out to me and say, I can't wait to hear the con congrats and blah, blah, blah. I can't wait to hear the continued enigma. That is Rob. I'm <laughs> 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 like, listen, me too, man. Because I like I, I, even because Armand got me when I, we were doing the interview, and I was like, "You just robbed Craig me when he dropped." He told me the first yeah, yeah, I did, yeah, I did hear that was a Super Bowl. I'm like, "Oh, yeah, no big deal." Like the first NFL game I ever went to was a Super Bowl. Like, oh yeah, uh, not even the one he went to and won. But anyway, so yeah, uh, Warren Buffett and you were hanging out. Did you at least you should have got some financial advice? <laughs> like if yeah. he was your owner, I should have, but you, you know, uh, I would have to be smart to ask that question. I was just like, "Oh, there's Warren Buffett. Let me get a picture." <laughs> yeah, yes. you, you got I me. Mean, yeah. Warren's probably on Deal Dash right now, trying to get some cheap stuff. Because well, if you can find the MacBook, that would be awesome. <laughs> um, so anyway, I'll. Uh, and he's an investor in Apple, so he'd be happy that I would uh, uh, that I'd buy a MacBook. He would be. He's. He is. He was. A, he was. It took a long time before he actually did, though. He. We don't have to go down an investment rabbit hole, but he was not a believer in like tech for a long time, and he is now, uh, which clearly uh, 
is a good idea. But so I guess that kind of we can segue into, um, you know, what we were talking about. Remember, you know, I think now like Warren Buffett had patience in buying Apple. Um, I think people now as they're applying, they're networking like crazy. You know, we kind of touched on this before, but like this isn't just happening to young people trying to get out of, you know, trying to get their first job. Like, you know, we were watching, we were looking at guys from MSG CA who've been there like 20 years that are getting like hacked. I mean, like just axed. And it is, I don't know. It's just like the worst right now. Yeah. I 1000% agree with you. And I've been talking to a lot more folks lately and I can tell the frustration is building in their process uh, across multiple endeavors uh, where a lot of people have obviously done everything they probably could right up into this point in their career. And this is pretty much speaking to a lot of the younger folks. And you went to college, you did the internships, you made the network, and now you're just roadblocked because of a situation that is completely out of all of our controls. And the only thing I can tell you, and you just touched on it, there are people at MSG of 20 years who just got let go, who have nowhere to turn, nowhere to turn because there's, there's no one replacing that position at all right now. Like you can go on the job boards. They're starting to trickle in a little bit more, but not to the point where usually those people at that level are getting recruited to leave. They're not just like applying, right? These people are now having to put their resume together and go out and scrounge like everybody else. What you have to stay the course, you have to be patient. You that there's no other way to describe this. What we're going through, whether we're you're outside the industry looking in, you're in the industry got let go, or you're in our situation, is you're going to have to be patient because it sucks. It really does. Like it's just there's not a good answer for anybody right now, and I know it. It's disheartening to hear, but what I do know, and this has been true through everything you and I have probably gone through in our career, this will pass. It'll like it be like it never happened, even though that sounds crazy right now to say, right? It does. It sounds insane to say that. It will eventually get to that point. But for those of you who throw up your hands and say, F it, I'm done. I'm giving up. That's okay. Like, look, that's life's about choices. If that's the choice you make, you got to live with it. If you're going to be one of those people who is to say, I'm not giving up, I'm going to keep going and I'm going to make this happen for myself at some, some point, it will. It will. It'll happen. Uh, it's just, it's not going to be tomorrow. Likely I'm just going to be very blunt and honest and you have to be very smart and strategic about how you go about these next few months, year, maybe of how it gets to that point, but you're going to have to be patient. You're going to have to really, really test your own patience. I think too that, yeah, patience, but I also think that say you have a passion about, I don't know. I always go back to kind of community relations and, you know, helping people. I think that if you look for jobs within that realm that was outside of sports and you were able to get a job, I don't know. I always use a bank. I don't know why um, as an example, but if you got able to get a community relations job at a bank, like I still think I would take that and then be able to at least then continue getting professional experience, especially if I'm like, you know, 23 and I just graduated college, right? Like, I think I would do that because 
I don't know about you, but like when I was 22 and 23, like I didn't really know how to use Outlook and calendar and Excel and like simple, like how to have a, a professional conversation around the proverbial water cooler. Like I still think you can then take that experience now and then be able to, you know, go back to sports, if you will, once the world kind of gets going um, and be able to, you know, kind of transfer those skills back into sports. Do you agree with me? Yeah, no, I, I, I've been telling people lately that it's okay to leave the business because you have no choice, right? It's just different. It's a different time and you have, people have to live. They have to survive. You have to get on with your life. But to that point, while you're getting on, strategically put yourself in a position to be able to strike when the iron is hot. It's going to come back and it's going to come back fierce at a certain point. You need to be able to have that really good story to tell of what did you do along the way Mm -hmm. that's preparing you to be in the best position to take this job that we need tomorrow. The long, arduous hiring process probably won't be in place like it usually is, right? Getting a job and a process, it's become so freaking tedious for people to go through and interviews and then read interviews and then more interviews like, right. That's not going to probably happen next time around. It's going to be like, who are you? What do you know? Can you hit the ground? Can you run? Because we need to go a billion miles an hour to catch up. And if you're able to position yourself as that person, because you've done X, Y, Z leading up to that moment, you'll be in a much better shape than the rest of the people out there. So I can see this answer coming because I've given it. What is your advice to someone that says, hey, man, I got nothing right now. Or, you know, hey, I got nothing right now. But give me a call when the world's back to normal. Like that's an out that people are giving. And it's kind of, it's still true, right? But like, I got nothing for you. I have no insight to give you as the hiring manager. But I said, like, give me a call when the world's back to normal. Like, First, when's the world back to normal? And second, like, how do you respond to that? Well, you could ask that person, like I just said, what can I do between now and then to make me more attractive for when the world is back to normal, right? Like, it's people, people are afraid to push early in their career. And with that, because they, they don't, they feel like they're bothering or, or being too pushy. But it, what they don't understand is it's just, again, a conversation. Like, it's okay to ask questions. And not take no for the proverbial, but okay, well, see you later. Click. Ask that person, like, what's your advice? What work? What industry do you think would mirror this as close as possible? Is there a type of role that I should be doing? Is there something I should do on the side from a content perspective? Have you seen anyone else? What did you do in your time? Like, keep pushing. And then as you're doing those things that they gave you advice to do, follow up with them every month and a half, two months, just say, hey, checking in, just want to give you a heads up. This I took your advice. Like, that's how you stay relevant versus annoying stay relevant less than annoying i like that i uh i think that it's like right how do i at least stay with you i'll say this at least in Pawtucket, we're doing this dining on a diamond thing and we're doing the drive-through giveaways that i was telling you about uh earlier today when we talked um you know we've got a group of interns i guess you can call them they're just kind of staying relevant with us it's like hey what do you need help with I'll pass out giveaways in a parking lot um, and I'll be a waiter. I'll run food. You know, those are the people we're going to call first when something happens. You know what I mean? We've talked about it last week. Be seen, right? Be seen. Be seen. Be seen. And the place to be seen, I think, is at a Pawtucket Red Sox 
parking lot passing out giveaways to strangers in cars driving by. It sounds like a COVID disaster waiting to happen. No, it's actually I, – I, I totally disagree, right? The people are walking by. You've got boxes of giveaways. They roll down the window. You put the, where giveaways, those, you put the giveaway where, in the window, and you where, drive along. Where did those giveaways come from, Rob? Yeah, but it doesn't travel like that. I mean, they've been sitting in a warehouse for six months. I mean, we got them in No, February. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That that was a joke. Joke. Um, I can't joke tonight. I don't have a computer to joke. <laughs> I can't see your face either, so you can't tell if I'm joking or not. We're, this, we're going about this blind. I know. I don't like it as much. I much prefer when uh, we've got the video on. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm talking to myself in the Zencaster thing at the bottom. You've yet to respond to my chat. I don't even know if you know I'm doing it, but oh, I see it now. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, right. You wrote Deal Dash with a question. Yes, Deal Dash. I'm going to be looking for a computer on Deal Dash tonight. Hopefully, I can get it for 17 cents or whatever. Oh, buddy, I think I think you need to go find a new computer. I think we, I think we've been talking about it long enough. I think now. It's it's time. We we can do the funeral. We can bury it, and then we can resurrect in a new MacBook Pro. I think that's the that's the plan here. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I'm just so damn cheap that I'm not even sure that that'll happen. But uh, I'm gonna like spend all night tonight instead of like doing things that I should be doing. I'm gonna be trying to figure out like Googling on a computer that's working. Like, how do I fix this damn thing? I'm, I I be I would trust me. I'm right there with you. I'd be doing that same thing because. This fork over that money for a computer always makes me go, ugh. But now that I bought this one like a year ago, I'm like, oh, I'm glad I did. Yeah, right. It's probably the smarter decision. But, you know, Amy's two weeks away, so we're two weeks away. I always feel like right now we're on like uh, – we're on the clock, right? Goodell walked up and says, uh, Craig family, you are on the clock. You are in the You are in the proverbial window right now. You can go at any moment. Any moment. Any moment. Um. So uh, I'm playing golf on Friday, and uh, it's like uh, like far away too. And, oh, boy. Uh, and I got that phone ready. I got to be ready to go. I'll drive a million miles an hour. I don't care. Well, they'll be telling you to get out of our state anyway. You're not supposed to be in our state. You're golfing illegally, so there's that. You're like an illegal alien coming to Massachusetts. To yeah, yeah. I was, I was, I was illegal today too. I was up in Wolfton, but um, yeah, right. Um, just one thing I want to touch on quickly. Is this like big, like the biggest sports news of the week was obviously um, the the NCAA, NCAA conferences and all this good stuff. This is going to be hard to touch on quickly because there is a lot to dissect here. Right. Uh, I don't know. I just felt like I we couldn't have a podcast today without talking about it. We have to. And I just, you know, from a sports business perspective, like, oh, my God, think about the TV contracts and like. Um, not only just the tickets and the uh, hot dogs that they have to sell, but like, you know, ESPN must be like freaking out. Uh, yes, it's going to throw a huge wrench into the fall programming on Saturdays for these major networks that rely on massive amounts of ad revenue that comes in. Sports is really the only thing, especially football that draws live eyeballs, right? You're not DVRing. I don't know the the Florida State Florida game, or you're not DVR. I don't know why that one came to mind first, but you're not because I don't want to say Alabama, but like you're not DVRing, you know, Clemson, Clemson Alabama, right? You're you are uh, you're watching that live, and this is just like 
craziness. And I also like am crushed for like guys like my uh, like my good friend Mike Trednak, right? Like they sell college sports. All the people who are working at like IMG Learfield right now has got to be like, what the hell are we doing? Like, what are we like? What's going on? It's just craziness. It's craziness. It's it's really it's it's sad. It's sad on numerous fronts, right? Because we, as you just mentioned, the people that work on the IMG Learfield side who who rely on the ticket sales, the sponsorships, everything, and the amount of money that's generated by these colleges that helps with these big programs help support other athletic departments, which is going to end up folding. And then for the kids to lose a year of playing football, I, I mean, it's, it's most of them. They'll never play football ever again after this. It's, it's tough. Like it goes back to what we were just talking about. It's, it's, it's not great. And uh, I've been following a lot of sports law lust to see his, how his take on it. Cause there's a lot of legal discussions. I mean, there's, all these rumors flying around whether some some of the colleges of the Big Ten or Pac-12 might break away and go play in another conference. Like, does, this and, end, does this end the NCAA? It's this, that's the talk, right? Like there's talk. Like the Power Five have been rumored to try to do that for a while to break away from the NCAA anyway. And now they might just do it. It, it's, it doesn't I, – I still don't think so, right? There's too much money that the NCAA brings in regards to the championships here. How the hell are you going to – if you uh, you leave the NCAA, you're not going to March Madness. Yeah, but what would stop you from doing your own thing? If you're the Power Five, well, who cares about anything outside the Power Five, especially with football, right? Like if you're, if you're SEC, ACC, Big Ten, Big 12, Pac-12, if you went and did your own thing, does it really matter about like Appalachian State? like not being in part of your league anymore. Like you, you'd get the biggest TV contract there is still, right. You'd go out and create your own bowl. You do your bowl games, a championship. And that's what people would watch. Like they have the leverage to do it. It's just a matter of the greater good. They have it for football, but all that really matters, right? Well, no, March Madness is massive for sure, but you could still do it without the other T like you could still go create the best college basketball bracket with those teams and the best talent. You just wouldn't have those random 16 seeds that people love. But isn't the that point part is of like, the G- isn't that, I don't know. Anyway, isn't that part of just, the whole thing? Of course. Yeah, no, it, it wouldn't be this. It, it, it wouldn't be the same, but from a revenue standpoint, they think they would keep more money then, right? They're not sharing it with everybody. If you're the power five, you're like, why are we giving all this money away? That's how they look at it. But again, it's for the greater good. It's like the NFL. They do all that. They split all the TV money right down the middle. 32 teams get the exact same check. It doesn't matter if you have a bigger market in New York, Dallas, Chicago. The team in Tampa Bay gets the exact same check. So, but it's for the, it's so the sport can have, everyone can pay the players the same. It's been, it's been, it's kept parity in that sport. So uh, there's a lot of moving parts. It's very sad. We don't have to get down to the political bullshit of it, of like who's right, who's wrong. There's a lot of reasons why they're not playing football. I'm of the opinion they probably shouldn't play if you can't guarantee that it's 100% safe that some kid won't either get long-term sick or die because, again, the key word I just said there is kid. They're kids. And I have saw the Trevor Lawrence and the movement, like, we want to play. Of course they do. They're 18, 19-year-old kids. They, they think they're invincible. There's no doubt they want to play. I appreciate they want to play. I would want to play. But that's why you have adults in the room to make those hard decisions. So it's a, it's a really hard day for sports. It's a, it's a sad, sad day for a lot of a lot of people. It's going to be more of that bloodbath we just talked about on the job side. 
you got to be patient. You got to let this thing go and just take a step back and realize even if you're in the business right now, people are dealing with the same stuff you're dealing with. Right. And the, I, I, for our college students who are uh, listening, I feel for you. I feel you. I feel you. And uh, you know, it's all right. It's all right to, you know, kind of walk through this and say like, yeah, this stinks, but uh, you know, got a whole bunch of people going through it. I also think too, uh, Chris, I, I've been seeing too from more of our sports industry colleagues um, that they are more and more and more people seem to be open and willing to talk. Uh, and I think talking is good, right? It at least gets you started, and you know, gets uh, you know, kind of the like we talked about the networking. I want to figure out a better word for networking. Networking just seems such an old word. Um, you know, the let's coin that. Let's coin that and make a t-shirt. We've been talking about t-shirts. We still have a big announcement to make that we're not ready to make yet. You know, we're the worst <laughs> teaser. We're the we're worst the, teasers of all time. The best teasers. We just keep teasing it. People are like, "There's." Eventually, we come out with it, and they're like, "Oh yeah, they guess they're not full of shit." But uh, so, uh, yeah, no. I, I the LinkedIn the LinkedIn movement has started <clears throat> big time with people oh, saying, yeah, "Contact." Yeah. Yep, contact me, contact me, contact me. So, if it's it's been mostly for people who have been laid off. I think a lot of our listeners haven't been laid off. I think a lot of them are looking to break in for the first time. But if that person's throwing it out there, take a shot, shoot or shoot, as Rob said a couple weeks ago. Shoot or shoot, right? You got to do it. Well, my friend, you need to go fix your computer. I don't think that's going to happen, but I am going to give it a solid try, right? I'm going to give it an A for effort, if you will, the old college try. I have to give the I have to do the editing tonight, so we'll see how that turns out. Best of luck with that. Um, I will also uh, can I also say something that Armand said that I uh, totally am with. He said he goes, "I'm not a great reader." And he said, like, I have to listen to audiobooks. Can I say that is 100% me too, but I've never listened to an audiobook, though that makes so much sense to do. I, I, I completely feel that because I used to be a great reader when I, I was suck. younger. But now if I read something, I have to go back and read it again three times and remember what the hell I just read. Oh. My mind just wanders. I can't, I can't totally. do it. Same thing. Total, my mind wanders. So you're like reading something that I was like, oh, that reminds me of this. And it's like, I just read three pages and I have no comprehension of it. But you know, it's funny. I don't do that with articles. I only do that with books. I, I can read an article. No problem. Like if I'm reading a business article or a sports business article, I can read that and remember what I just read. But if I'm reading a book for whatever reason, my mind just goes. Probably why we didn't go to Harvard and we went to UMass and Springfield college respectively. <laughs> and we can't get into San Diego state sports MBA program. Well, you gotta be way, way smarter than that. I our, our, our friends there. Armand, Armand, Armand there. Armand's a San Diego State guy, right? I'd say uh, they. He is. It's great. And we solved the mystery of the Mold Moldova. And I've been communicating with that said person. I don't want to say his name just in case. He didn't want me to, but I was communicating with Moldova today about front office features about you how communicating with moldova you were communicating with somebody in moldova you weren't working <laughs> for like a secret government <laughs> agency or something correct <laughs> well you never know who knows maybe it is i don't no. know but, I, but yeah, I, was, I, I had a spy mission with moldova today when we were trying to figure out videos and different things like this and i was sneaking behind enemy lines i was like no you weren't you were talking to somebody to help you on youtube <laughs> Well, maybe in Moldova, it's not okay to be working with front office features. Who knows? I don't know. 
But I know nothing the, uh, about Moldova. Zero. Nothing. I know nothing about Moldova. I don't. I don't know what they're famous for. I don't know literally anything about Moldova. Well, we're gonna know because we're gonna have someone helping us there to grow our listenership in Moldova. So. Grow our, our sponsorship in Moldova. That's where we think our next big country is. Is Moldova? Could be. I think we need to tackle the United States first. But I think we, maybe we need, a, we need Alaska. We just need to get Alaska. If he can help me, maybe 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 he can help us get Alaska. I think yes, maybe. Uh, but I do think that the person you're speaking with uh, could be a great asset, uh, and we could use any and all help, uh, any and all help possible. One last thing before I hit stop recording on this. Have you done any of your homework yet? No, I haven't done. Uh, this is like uh, me at Springfield College. Uh, no, I haven't. I have literally been working all like, you know, crazy hours and then building a deck. Uh, you, you know, you can't see me right now, but I have the vi- the little violin out. So I'm just playing. Hey, I just it, haven't so. done it. I just have I haven't done it. Oh. And by the way, speaking of deck, one of the funniest things happened to me was, <laughs> told me the story. was um, on, I don't know, Friday after the podcast or Thursday when we, you know, announced everything. And uh, our PA announcer called who I said, uh, you know, uh, helped us, helped me with getting this thing off the ground. And he's, you know, called and he just said, you know, appreciate you know, all the stuff. Congratulations. Yada, yada, yada. He goes, but he goes, uh, I listen to podcasts at one and a half or two times speed. So it's all, you know, it's all speed, you know, like micro machine guy. And, uh, I was like, okay. And he goes, Chris, at the end of the podcast yesterday, uh, last week asked you, how's your deck. And it didn't come across <laughs> that way when you listened to it one and a half times. And I lost it. Right. I am crying in my car dying laughing so hard and then i have to go like order dunkin donuts uh while laughing so hard and the person thought i was a lunatic so how's your deck <laughs> uh my deck actually has furniture on it um it's still not complete uh but it's it's almost done it's almost done so i gotta get the uh you know baby's room is the big weekend thing pending we don't have it might be a little bit more priority yeah baby doesn't give a shit about a, a deck it cares more about a, a room to sleep in yeah, Not that I even sleeps in that room for a few months anyway, right? That doesn't really matter. Right, I, I agree. But, you know, my wife disagrees and says, it's got to get done now. So I said, yes, dear. And <laughs> so, move yes, on. it does. Yes, it does. Yep. Well, Amy, you win. You win. Amy always wins, right? There's no uh, questioning that. Uh, yes, dear is, I've got that down. I've got that down. So any, Smart. you know, that's how you keep a, that's how you keep a relationship going. You just agree. <laughs> <laughs> smart. Very smart. All right, uh, we've talked a lot. I'll see you. Later. Sports are coming back, which is good news for all you job seekers out there, but even better news for your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Baseball is back in action, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24 7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven time champ Robert Ori. See what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up to date sports news. 
Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Bet online, your wagering experts.